Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Thank you, Father. So good. Hey, we got a lot of stuff going on tonight, if you haven't noticed already. But uh, Tim and uh, my dad, why don't you guys just start to make your way up here uh, real quick. Uh, But even as they're on their way up, I just got it on my heart right now. I just want to pray into unity uh, for the body of Christ real quick. And, you know, we just had, um, you know, the verdict in the, the George Floyd case just came down this week. And, man, there's a lot of people who are who are either hurting or in turmoil or confusion, but how many people know that the body of Christ is meant to be a beacon of hope, and uh, not just a place of unity, but a forerunner of unity, amen, and you know, in Psalms 133, it tells us how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity, and are you glad that it doesn't just say some brethren? Or qualify what it takes to be, listen, in the blood of Jesus, we are all brothers and sisters in the blood. We are all one, and yes, we have, you know, we come from unique backgrounds and unique cultures that all bring uh, something beautiful to the table, but we're all one in Jesus. So can we just stand up? I know you've been standing up. This This is a spiritual calisthenics here at Bethel Austin, but I, I just, I just want to pray, and um, if you came with somebody you can grab hands with, you know, I want to just have people grab hands all across the room, but it's still kind of COVID season, but if you're comfortable grabbing hands with somebody near you, do it, put a hand on your shoulder, and let's just pray. I'm going to pray, but I want to, I would just I'd like to hear you pray as well. Can we just take the next 20 seconds, 30 seconds? Can we just pray for unity? And listen, the, listen uh, for the body of Christ around the world, but, uh, but we want Bethel Austin to be a multicultural expression of unity to the city, to the region, to the state. Listen, we want people of all backgrounds, all colors, all creeds to feel comfortable walking in these doors, that they feel invited, known, cared for, right? So let's just pray. Father, we thank you. Come on, lift up your voices. Just pray out. Father, we thank you for the spirit of unity resting on this house and on the body of Christ. And, Father, we pray peace, Father, over over the black community right now. Father, we pray peace and shalom and healing, Father. We thank you that there's a commanded blessing in unity, Father, the oil that ran down from the head over the beard of Aaron. Father, I thank you that there's healing in the oil. The dew of Hermon, there's healing, Father, in the dew. Father, we pray that healing, Father, would happen throughout our cities, throughout our nation, but especially and first in the body, that we would be a beacon of what it is to love freely, God. Yeah, let this be a safe place, God, that people can run to, to be known, get their questions answered, and feel at home, Father, regardless of background, race, color, creed. Come on, can I get an amen to that? Come on, thank you, Jesus. Bless you guys. Thank you, thank you. On that note, I just asked my dad to come up and share real quick. We have a couple of ministries that he's uh, leading that are, that are leaning into that, that area. So I just want to let him share on that briefly. Yeah, yeah. Well, Joaquin covered a lot of it. But um, he asked me to speak on a couple of ministries we have. Going. Well, actually, it's one ministry. It's called our Racial Unity Program. And under that, you know... What powers that for me is Ephesians, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 3. It talks about one new man, amen? And it talks about Jew and Gentile coming together as one. What's the, what's the Gentile? Everybody's not a Jew. Amen? 
<laughs> so it talks about one new man. It doesn't talk about whether you're black or you're white or you're, you know, you're, you're brown or whatever. It says one new man. And that's what God is looking for. He's looking for unity in the body. And I really believe that if we want, if we don't, we want to see revival throughout the world, the body, the bride has to be unified. Amen? I mean, I really believe that. And, and it doesn't matter, you know... <laughs> Everybody has a unique something, history they're bringing to the table. You know, I, I don't want um, uh, an Asian American, an Asian person to, to not be Asian anymore. I want to hear their story. I, 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 want to, I want to join with them and share with them my uniqueness. Amen? Because that's what makes the bride the bride. I don't want, if you are a hand, I don't want you to try to be a head. Amen? Whatever you bring to the table is what we want to share. And that's how we come together unified under Christ. So we, we, we have a program called Be the Bridge. And it's got a curriculum. It's got an outline and all that. But basically what we do in four different groups, we come together once a month and we share. Someone can be an ultra liberal and they'll share from their hearts. Yay, we celebrate it. Someone can be an ultra-conservative. Someone can be right in the middle, and they share their hearts. This is how I feel about what happened to George Floyd, you know, Breonna Taylor or whatever. Well, this is how I feel about what happened. And guess what? Through sharing that, there's unity. We come together. Oh, I get it. I see why you feel that way. I understand now. Make sense? It's not about bullets and guns and burning. It's about understanding, amen? That's what we're about, amen? So that's our program in Be The Bridge. And we have the Racial Unity Program that, you know, we, Joaquin has participated in roundtable discussions. And, you know, uh, Renee headed up a program uh, a couple of weeks ago where we actually fed, how many families, Renee? I don't even know now. We, we, <laughs> yeah, we, we coupled with a, a couple of African-American um, um, ministries, we just fed people. You know, people just drove and we gave them food and diapers and water. That's what it's about, guys. I didn't ask them what their politics was. Who did you vote for? I don't care who you voted for. It's about loving on people and, and, and allowing them to love on me. Amen? So that's what we're about. I just sent an SOS out of, uh, for more help with the racial unity program. I got four or five fire breathers that <laughs> responded. And so you're going to see more from us. And if you're interested in it, just let me know. Let my wife know. We're sitting right over here, and we'd be glad to tell you more about it. Thank you. Come on. Come on. Thanks, Dad. We didn't ask them their politics, but we gave them Jesus. Everyone that came through got <laughs> heard the good news, got prophesied over. It was powerful. Thank you for sharing. Uh, so switching gears a little bit, but um, we had uh, Engage Austin last weekend and um, <clears throat> didn't have church in the four walls. We had, we had a fuller version of church where we just took church to the streets and just shared Jesus all over the city. And uh, Tim is our outreach uh, pastor and, as well as our youth pastor and headed up all of that and did an amazing job. So come on, just bless Tim. What an incredible job. He did organizing all of that. So uh, Tim's brought someone up to help him give some testimony. So take it yeah. away. Thank you, Joaquin, and thank you guys so much. Uh, so many people helped pull this off, location team leaders. If, if you were leading a location, would you mind just throwing your hand up in the air real fast? Can you give it up for these guys as well? Um, so I don't have a ton of time, but I just want to give you guys a glimpse of, uh, of what happened um, last weekend. And, and first of all, if you did go out on the streets, can you just give a shout real fast? Yeah, if you got to share Jesus with somebody or pray for somebody, can you give a shout? Come on. So the good news is we had 220 plus people out on the streets of Austin, Texas sharing Jesus last weekend. That means that there's seeds in the hearts of 220 plus people in our city this week that God is watering. That's powerful. 
Um, we had prophetic art. We had dream interpretations. We had live music. We had a block party happening in a Hispanic neighborhood. Um, it was incredible. And just a few testimonies from last weekend, just to encourage you if you're not already happy. Um, at this uh, Round Rock Outlets, a woman uh, was met by one of our teams. She had gotten in a car accident earlier in her life, shattered her entire femur. Um, they put a metal rod in. Our team prayed for her. Nothing happened in the moment, but they said, hey, we believe something's going to happen. Two hours later, they were wrapping up, and the woman's friend comes running up to them and, and says, wait, wait. In the distance, they see the woman holding up her cane. She had decreased pain and increased mobility in her leg. Praise Jesus. Um, there were 36 salvations. Come on. That's amazing. There was a back healed on South Congress. There was open air preaching in front of the Prada store and the San Marcos outlets. A healed shoulder in the Hispanic community um, and on and on and on. If you uh, want to find more of the testimonies, we just did a revival recap this week. You can find it on our YouTube page and check more out. Um, but the testimony I want to have Elisa share is actually from today. Uh, because I actually believe um, that there's an igniting of faith for anyone in this room tonight who is wanting more courage and wants to see people come to the Lord. Um, that's what I believe is being released today. So I'm just going to have Elisa share. She had something awesome happen today on South Congress. So can you tell us what happened, Elisa? Yeah, um, we were going out, and Tim had prayed me for me before we went that I would have more courage. And, like, this fire was stirring up inside of me. Every time we get rejected, I'm like, someone needs to hear the gospel today. <laughs> and so um, I was like, um, we went up, and someone invited me to talk to them. It was an ACLU, ACLU um, representative, and they invited me to come talk to them. And so um, I honored them. I listened to them. And then I began encouraging him, and um, I just told him what the gospel was. And he's like, I'd never heard that before. I was like, do you want to receive it? Do you want to receive Jesus today? He said, yes. And so he, got, he surrendered his life to God. Yeah, come on, give it up for Jesus. So here's the thing. If anyone wants more courage tonight to preach the gospel, because she listened to what he had to say, but she felt God say, go for his heart preach the gospel. So if that's you, I want you to stand up. If you've never led someone to the Lord, I want you to stand up. And Elisa is going to release just a powerful prayer. So please receive this. God, I just ask that you would well up inside of us a courage and a fire yeah. to preach the gospel, to share the good news of what you've done for us. God, I ask for um, just a boldness and a favor as we walk, God. I ask for an honor to go before us, that there would just be a carpet laid. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Elisa. Yeah, give it up for Jesus one more time. Come on. Thank you, guys. So good. Come on. It's not just a moment, it's a lifestyle. Giving away Jesus should be an overflow, amen? We had, uh, just this week, we had a, a delivery guy come to the office, you know, I think UPS or something, just to deliver a package. You know, listen, when there's people on fire for Jesus, nobody's safe. And uh, so he came to drop off the package, Ann Evans, and, uh, who was working the front desk, are you in the room, Ann, somewhere? Ann just starts prophesying over him. You know, he, she signs for the package and then just starts, like, releasing prophetic, the love of God into his heart. He starts melting. He walks out all gooey noodly, as you said earlier, right? And Richie, you know, our resident evangelist who just moved to town, he's walking out, <laughs> and this guy's already just ripe. He, Richie said, that's low-hanging fruit right there. So he just presents the gospel to the guy. He gets saved right there in the parking lot. Come on. Jesus is, Jesus is good, and he's in a good mood, and he's here tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Father. Oh, if you got a Bible, open it to Jeremiah 29. We're going to 
we're going to start there. We're going to go around the world. We're going to come back there. And uh, it's my third, third attempt to preach this message. And I was wondering if it was going to happen tonight, too. Time's short already, but I'm going to I'm going to plow through just because. I'm like, i got to get this one out so we can go to the next one. And Oh, but God is good. How many people have ever received a prophetic encouragement in your life? How many people still have prophetic encouragement hanging over you that you're waiting to see come to pass, to be fulfilled? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. I want to actually talk tonight about stewarding your prophetic journey. And, uh, and I feel like that God's put this um, on my heart because I feel like that um, I feel like the bride is coming out, if you will, out of like a season of hibernation. And, uh, and we've been in, uh, you know, the craziest, you know, last 13 months or so. And, and you know, there's those moments where it's, it's hold on and hold on and survive moments. And in those moments when you're just like, how am I going to get through this week or this month or this year? When, in those moments, you're not thinking as much about the future as you are just, how am I going to get through this week? But I feel like that the season is shifting. And I feel like we're coming into a, a new springtime in the spirit, if you will. And I actually feel like that God is, is stirring the prophetic fresh again, and that God is going to be releasing uh, prophetic encouragement and prophetic insight and words to ignite people's hearts again. Thank you, Jesus. And, uh, and as, as this happens, as always, when God releases this prophetic encouragement, he doesn't just want us to be encouraged for a moment. And then, and then not see that word come to pass. He wants us to hold on to that encouragement and know how to steward that word all the way to fruition. Amen? You know, just a little foundation that in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, it's, it's the, the, the love chapter. God talks about the importance of love. And then chapter 14, right after, the very, the very next thing that God goes into after unpacking the importance of love. And how many people know that all of the spiritual gifts should operate under the umbrella of love? And so in 1 Corinthians 14, it says this, verse 1, pursue love, there that is again, and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more... That you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless indeed he interprets, that the church may receive edification. Someone say edification. edification. That when God wants his body to be edified and encouraged, he releases the prophetic. And there's, and there's a new springtime in the spirit. There's a fresh release coming. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe that even uh, people in the room, I believe that God is going to stir the prophetic even in you. Yes, to receive words, but to give words, to be a giver of life, to partner with heaven in releasing fresh life and releasing springtime hope into people through the prophetic. Thank you, Jesus. There's a couple people who are excited about that. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Father. So stewarding your prophetic journey. We're going to start with Jeremiah 29. If you're there, say, I love Jesus. And then we're going to come back to it. <clears throat> Jeremiah 29, verse 11. 
Maybe you've heard this one before. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Someone say hope. So keep a bookmark in there because we're going to go a couple of places, but we're going to come back to it. That God is releasing encouragement and fresh hope to his body. <clears throat> because <clears throat> even though the, the world hit pause for a, for a season, how many people know that God didn't? And that, and that heaven didn't. Heaven never stopped expanding. How many people know that God didn't stop dreaming? How many people know that the last year didn't make God nervous? <laughs> well, thank you. <sighs> that, uh, that God didn't stop dreaming. And I actually, uh, I've been saying it all along. And I, in fact, I believe that people who who understood what was happening in the season, had the ability to go deep in the last season, that they can be a spring or a fountain or a well in this season. A couple weeks ago, I said, you know, the most millionaires are made in the down market. There was, there's, there's layers of dreams that were like, God, the heaven was releasing and some people were too distracted to pick them up. <laughs> it means there's extra for some other people. Ready to run with what God's doing. Uh, so stewarding the prophetic. That when God releases a word of promise and a word of life over you, and that God wants you to be able to carry that and run with it and see it come to pass. You know, one of the key the key things to be able to partner with it and steward. What comes to you from heaven through the prophetic is the way that we, the way that we relate to that prophetic word. And again, just this is some foundation stuff before we go on. <clears throat> but how many people know the true prophetic does not just carry the truth of God, but also the nature of God? That, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that the true prophetic mirrors this. And that the true prophetic will always line up with the ways of God. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now listen, the prophetic will expand our thoughts, but it won't violate his ways. Like the prophetic comes and it shakes things up and it makes us dream dreams that we hadn't been dreaming already. And made us, makes us believe at a level that we hadn't been believing already. The prophetic comes and it shakes us up, right? But it always lines up with his ways. Prophecy is a gift of the Spirit, and the Spirit of God will never contradict the ways of God. True prophetic will line up with the truth of Scripture. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If the word, if a prophetic word does not line up with the truth in Scripture, then flush it. Thank you, Jesus. I'll just move on from there. <laughs> Prophecy should never replace Scripture as our guide, but should support it. Now, listen, this is, <clears throat> I know I'm breezing through some of this stuff because time's a little bit short. But listen, <clears throat> if you don't understand the promise in God's word, you won't be able to apprehend the promise from the prophetic word. If you don't understand the promises that are in God's word, like in the scripture, you got to know the promise in his word first. Because when you get an amazing prophetic promise, say someone prophesies over you that you're going to be a billionaire. Come on, Chad, I'm looking at you. Come on. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to grab that. <clears throat> if God prophesies that you're going to be a billionaire, 
to apprehend, to apprehend the life of that word, you first have to understand that that lines up with God's ways and his promises in, this, in the word. That God makes provision for wealth in the word. And, that, and that, that God wants to release wealth on his body so that the world is jealous for him. So that kingdom influence can be released. And when you understand those promises in the word, when the prophetic comes, you can go, yes, <laughs> I get it. That's mine. I take it. It's the truth in his word that releases the life in the prophetic word, thank you, Jesus. What is breathed through the prophetic releases or reveals the life that's already in the scripture. True prophetic releases life. It doesn't create it, but it releases or reveals what God has already created, decreed, and released in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. That we'll release on earth what's released in heaven, we'll bind on earth what's bound in heaven. That the prophetic comes, and it doesn't, cre it doesn't create life in itself, but it reveals life. What God has already decreed about you when he formed you in your mo mother's womb. That he's got dreams and visions, he's got things for you that the prophetic comes and illuminates those things that we as individuals haven't yet seen or embraced, and the prophetic breaks that off and reveals what God is already speaking. It's, it lines up with his ways. It always lines up with the truth of the scripture. And <clears throat> true prophetic reveals the life in the word. And it's a reminder to our, of our connection to the source of all life, that that we know we know that that God loves us. We know the the promises in the Word. We know that God has all this for us. But sometimes life starts to layer up, and we just need a reminder. We need a, we need a shot of encouragement. We need something uh, that we started to forget to be. Uh, illuminated or that we haven't learned yet it's already there but the prophetic comes and is that encouragement that shot in the arm to remind us what God already says about us thank you Jesus here's so that's kind of just some foundation and I just here's really where I want to camp just for a moment and that's understanding prophetic timing. Because honestly, that's where I see a lot of people get messed up or off, off kilter maybe is a better way to say it. That, you know, in environments like this where prophetic encouragement hopefully is flowing on a daily basis, right? And my heart for you is that you can't come to church and leave without getting 12 prophetic encouragements. Like, I hope that everyone who stands in line for coffee gets a prophetic word. And that in, in that, uh, God releases all these amazing encouragements, but they're not just meant to be encouragement for three weeks. And just to qualify, there are, there are some words that are, we'll just call them short-term developing words. But there's longer-term developing words. Like there's words when someone says, "Hey, I, uh, I, I just, you know, you're you're praying about, um, you know, stepping out and applying for this job, but you're nervous, and you know, this job that works with children, and someone comes and prophesies, says, you know, I just feel like God's showing." Showing me that you're, I see you working with children, and he just wants you to know that he's all over that. He just wants you to encourage you and says, go for it, whatever that means to you. How many people know that probably means you're supposed to pick up the phone and uh, call on that job or put that resume in? Right? A short developing, but there's also, there's also longer developing words. When God says, I, through the prophetic, I see you having 
orphanages and multiple nations and caring for thousands of children. How many people, that probably is going to take a little bit longer to develop and come to pass. They both can be true, amen? They both are true. But short-term words, you know, things that you're supposed to act on now. And then medium-term words, things, short-term preparation, the preparing to act on the word, and then longer-term words. And again, here's where I want to camp a little bit. Longer-term words that really where your job is to start to prepare your heart and your character. You're not as much called to act on the word as you are to start working on who you want to be when that word comes to pass. And that's, that's, really, that's really the key because, listen, prophetic words are not lottery tickets. And they're not, they're not like, I hold on to this word and I just, I just do nothing with it. I just sit here and I hope that my number is called. Right? It's, it's not a lottery ticket, but it's also not our job to make the word come to pass. It's our job to lay the foundation so the word can come to pass. When God shows you the house, the prophetic picture, the promise, the vision, when God shows you the house, start clearing the land and marking out the foundations. God wants to build in you so he can build through you. We, also, we often want to fast forward this part. Do you know that God is more concerned with who he's building than what he's building? That the body of Christ is an organism before it's an organization. That God is building people. And that God is more concerned with who he's building. And we often want to fast forward the process. Like I just hold my ticket and I hope he calls my number. Like I went from here sitting in church one day to now I oversee 12 orphanages in four countries. And I did nothing about it along the way. Just boop, my number was called. Woohoo! I won the lottery. But it doesn't work that way because God is building in us. The, the, the prophetic isn't an invitation just to a destination. It's actually an invitation into a journey because the journey is where we get to walk with him. And the journey is where we get to grow with him. The journey is where we get to be intimate with him. And the journey is where we learn to lean on him and to need him. God doesn't want to gain the word but lose the person. God doesn't want to gain the word but lose the person. That I'm talking about I'm talking about destiny words or big words or I'm not talking about the like, hey, you should call on that job you've been praying about. I'm talking about when God speaks big, voluminous words about about where you're where you're gonna be in ten years, twenty years. Big words, these destiny words that that God actually will, he'll actually withhold the fulfillment of the word until you've prepared your heart to host it. Because if he just dropped the word on you, it would crush you. But God wants you more than he wants the destination. And he's building a people who can Hold his promises. And that's what he's doing with us. That's what he's doing with you. He's building us up, and sometimes that takes a little bit of time. The prophetic is an invitation into a journey as much as a destination. Sometimes we say yes to the prophetic word, but not the prophetic journey. 
<laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> we're, we're like, you get excited about the word. Like, God, this big word comes. Yes, I say yes to that. Woohoo, that's awesome. And then we just sit on our hands for the next 12 years. And then we're mad at God because the word didn't come to pass. But God isn't just inviting you to the destination. He literally, his high point is the journey with you. And yes, he wants the destination, but he wants to do the walk with you, the journey with you. He wants to do the father-son thing with you, the father-daughter thing with you to raise you up. That's his highlight. <laughs> If I, if I tell my kids that I'm taking them to Disneyland, that's the promise. I say, hey, guys, I, I promise I'm taking you to Disneyland. How many people think that's a good promise? If you're a kid, if you're eight, you're like, woohoo, that's amazing. <laughs> what I, and, and what I do is I, I get on the website or I get a brochure, I say, look, I'm taking you to Disneyland, and I show them pictures of Disneyland. Why? To get them excited about the promise. You know what I don't show them is road maps. <laughs> I don't show them pictures of gas stations and pit stops and cheap hotel rooms. <laughs> I'm not like, <laughs> listen, how many people know that you start with the promise? Hey, if I said, hey, kids, I got a surprise for you, and the first thing I show them is a gas station, <laughs> look at this. Oh, and look what comes next, hours of empty road, and look, look after that. Look, here's a cheap hotel room we're going to stay in. <laughs> Listen, I've already lost, I've already lost them. <laughs> what? You start with the promise. <laughs> But the promise requires the journey. <laughs> and when you understand that the promise requires the journey, it even makes the journey fun. You're like in the car for hours, but you're singing songs. We're going to Disneyland. <laughs> you stay in the hotel room, jumping on the bed. Tomorrow we're going to be at Disneyland. I don't know what the kids are doing. I'm jumping on the bed. <laughs> Have you ever got yourself in a situation where you ended up on a long journey, but you didn't know you were about to go on a journey? You ever got in a car thinking you were going like 10 minutes down the road, but it turned into two hours? You ever been in a, like, a journey always feels longer if you're not prepared for it. And we, we as the body of Christ, in the West, we have this, we have this uh, temptation to say yes to the promise, but not yes to the journey. And then we're like, why is this taking so long? Because we thought that he was going to beam us into the brochure. <laughs> because we didn't say yes to the journey. And instead of singing songs and jumping on the bed, we're dragging our feet and we're complaining and we're getting upset and we might even start to get discouraged. <clears throat> if we don't recognize we're on a journey, discouragement can set in. Discouragement or lack of hope-filled faith. The discouragement actually discredits the process. Lack, say it this way, lack of hope-filled faith, which is discouragement, discredits the process. You know, I, uh, I reference the healing rooms a lot because that's, you know, my background and what I did for years in Reading and, and teaching people about praying for the sick and all that. And, and I realized at one point that we were in this, this instantaneous uh, this culture that was going after the instantaneous miraculous, which that's not a bad thing. What I mean by that is like I lay hands on you and I expect God to do something. I'm expecting breakthrough. I'm expecting you to get healed. I'm expecting your pain level to go down. I'm expecting God to do something. And how many people are glad for that? 
Like, we should elevate our faith that we expect God to do big things right now. That's a good point for an amen right there. I'm just letting you know. That's <clears throat> and so, you know, there's this, you know, the years of this culture being created and people are flying in to do the school from all over, school of ministry, and people are like, okay, I want to get in. I lay hands on the sick and they get well and yay. But I, I realized that we started to lose something. And what happened is when, you know, you start seeing some people healed, but then you lay hands on somebody's knee and they don't, and nothing happens in the moment. People started to get discouraged. And they would say things like, oh, it didn't happen that time. You're like, it didn't happen. And God actually checked my heart. And he said, sometimes I do things instantly and sometimes I do things over time. But how many people know he's in charge? <laughs> and how many people know that faith is the currency of heaven? And, the, and God actually said, when you say it didn't happen, it actually can cut off what I was getting ready to do. And so we had to shift our perspective. And we prayed, and sometimes it happened immediately. And if it didn't happen immediately, what we say is, you know what? We pray all the time. Sometimes it happens right away. Sometimes it happens over the next 24, 48 hours. What I want you to do is play Pay close attention to your body over that time. And any breakthrough you experience, just start giving God thanks for it, and it will increase. And I realized what happened was that that person would walk away with their faith still intact. And we would walk away with our faith still intact. And that more miracles would happen after that point because our faith was still intact. We would leave still hope-filled. Like, oh, it didn't happen in the moment, but I can't wait to get that phone call because I know God did something. That we need to learn how to keep our hope engaged along the journey. Come on, is this making sense to anyone? In the same way, when along the journey, if you lose faith in the word along the way, it can actually slow down or cut off the momentum of the word. And the first way to not let that happen is to embrace the journey. Recognize that God is inviting you into a journey. When God gives you a destiny word, a big word, a word that's going to take some time to unfold. But when God gives you this big word at Saturday night at church and somebody gives you this word, you're like, oh, my goodness, yes, that they so know my heart. That's my dream. That's what I want to be. That's, that's me being fulfilled. And they give you this word, and then you end up at work again on Monday. And then the day after that, and then life looks pretty normal. And in that process of normal, we can start discouragement can start to set in but we need to learn how to steward normal into the miraculous and the question when we're when we're at work and we got this big word hanging over us but we're still working at the same job even two years after the word the question that we should be asking ourselves is what about this is supposed to be preparing me for that Because when we think that way, we embrace that, then we can pull out the gold. And we can pull out the preparation, and God can accelerate us into the next stage. What about this is preparation for that? The next thing to know about stewarding your words is that we're called to follow the cloud. We're called to follow the cloud. We're called to follow the cloud of his presence. We started with, it's not our job to make the word come to pass. But it is our job to follow the cloud of his presence. And to go where he's going. And if we do our best to follow his presence, he's going to get us where he wants us to be. How many people know that there's more than one way around a mountain? 
there's more than one way around the mountain. And oftentimes, we, we, we get to this point where first our job is to follow the presence. If God goes left, then go left. If he goes right, then go right. And you're like, I don't know what to do right now. I w- I'm afraid to mess it up. Guess what? If you're following his presence, you're not going to mess it up. He could take you left or he could take you right. <laughs> and listen, it's, it's real life. We've all been there. We've all been following his presence, being faithful, and then at some point his presence isn't there anymore. And we're like, uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, at some point, I started going left when he was going right, apparently, because <laughs> I'm, I'm not in the favor of God right now. I don't know what happened. Guess what? It's an easy solution. Just tell him that you're sorry. I mean, you could call it repentance if you want. Just tell him that you're sorry, and then go back to where you left his presence. Guess what? He's there waiting for you. And, th- and I feel like this part is important for, for people to hear in the room. <laughs> that if you've gone left when God was going right, listen, sometimes it doesn't matter. That God's destination, his purpose for you is really to get you to hear that's on the other side of the mountain. And guess what? He can use left to teach you what he needs to teach you to get you ready for there, or he can use right. Well, that's, that's a revelation for some people. No, really, we get in this mindset that there's only one right answer. Only, like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should take these classes or that classes. I don't know if I should do this or that. I don't know if I should move to this city or that city. Guess what? God can use either. <laughs> God God wants to prepare you to go back to the word orphanages in in nations in Africa. Guess what? He can prepare you in Atlanta or he can prepare you in Orlando. I thought that was a good point. (laughs) But here's, here's the thing. I actually wanted people, I feel like it's important for people here in this room that God is the redeemer of time. And we've all, we've all been there that we, that we find out at some point we realize, uh-oh, I've been going left for a while. And God's been going, apparently was going right. You know, and maybe it's a couple days, but maybe it's a couple weeks. Maybe it's a couple years. Listen, let's be real. We've been there that you're over here, and even if it's been years, even if it's been decades, there is this miraculous nature about God where he is the redeemer of time. And then when when you repent, it makes it as though the diversion has never happened in the first place. And you go, oh God, I'm so sorry. It's been 10 years. I've been walking the wrong direction. I'm sorry. I just want to be back where you are. And you're here. But you're not just here back 10 years ago. God has the ability to accelerate you in true repentance. God has the ability to accelerate you like you've been walking with him the whole 10 years. And then you're like, you repent. You're just back in the happy place with God. Oh, I'm so glad to be back with you. I love you. I'm so sorry. I wasn't saying yes, and now I'm saying here I am. And then you open your eyes, and you're like 10 years advanced. Wow. How did I get here? Thank you, Jesus. And we go back to Jeremiah 29, 11, and we're going to land here. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts, again, we read it earlier, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But I just want to <clears throat> peel this open a little bit for us. For I know the thoughts. Someone say thoughts. Thoughts. That, that word thoughts there is literally the, the thoughts of intentional design. 
intentional design. Why some versions, probably some of the versions you're reading, say plans. I know the plans I have for you. Why do they use, some use thoughts, some use plans? Because it's thoughts of intentional design that God has for you. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts, there's thoughts again, thoughts of peace. Someone say peace. So if it's thoughts of peace, but it's also designs of peace. God says, I have designs of peace that I'm thinking for you and planning for you. And peace is shalom, wholeness completeness, soundness, welfare, and prosperity. God has intentional designed thoughts of wholeness, completeness, soundness, welfare, and prosperity for you. Can we get the team to start to make their way back up? To give you a future. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Aren't you glad for that? (laughs) To give you a future. Pause there. To give you. That word give there can, can be translated give. It can also be translated place or set. Plans that I set before you. How many people know that the, that the feel of him giving you something feels different than him setting something before you? And we're going all the way back to the prophetic promises in a lottery ticket. And we just sit there in the chair and God gives you the promise. Woohoo! My number one! No, but when God, you're here. And then God comes over here and he sets a promise before you. And then he invites you to walk towards it. Future. To give you a future. Future means the after part or the end. The end of the journey. We need to say yes, not just to the promise, but to the journey into the promise. And hope, the word hope. The word hope here comes from the root word, kavah, which means to wait, but in the context of something coiled or stretched to the point of tension. Or you could say the coiled up anticipation of good that something, that the coiled up anticipation that something good is about to spring forth. Can we put that all together? All what I just said, and you can read it this way, Jeremiah 29, 11, the Joaquin Evans translation. For I know the intentional designed thoughts I have for you, says the Lord designs of full soundness, completeness, wholeness, and prosperity, and not of any kind of evil, to set before you a promised future that releases in you a sense of coiled-up anticipation of the good that's about to spring forth. Come on, it's, it's springtime. It's springtime in the spirit. God wants to encourage his body. God wants to encourage his bride. If you want to say yes to the encouragement of heaven, if you want to say yes, not just to the promises, but even to the journey, I just want you to stand to your feet tonight. If we can have the ministry team begin to make their way to the front. Even if we, uh, ministry team, if we even have activate um, uh, coaches or leaders in the room, any of our staff, I just feel like that there's a spirit of encouragement 
on the house that's going to be released tonight into some people. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray over all of us just the ability to say yes to the promise and to the journey. But I'm also, I feel like there's, there's some people that you realize now that maybe you haven't been saying yes to the journey. That God gave you word, and I'm actually feeling it, that God has given people words five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 50 years ago. And you said yes to the word, but you never embraced the journey. I feel like that the redeemer of time is up here waiting to meet with you. Well, thank you, Jesus. Just everyone put your hand on your heart. We're just going to say yes to the season of encouragement. I just want you to pray. Say, God, open my heart, open my spirit, increase my yes, increase my capacity to embrace all that you're doing. Give me the ability not just to say yes to the promise, but yes to the journey. Come on, I want you to pray. Just, just pray. Just, God, open up my heart. Whoa. I say yes to springtime. I say, I say yes to encouragement. I say yes to edification. I say yes to comfort. And listen, this journey, you can't step into edification. You can't step, step into exhortation. You can't step into comfort. And you can't step into the promise without the comforter, without knowing Jesus. The first yes is saying yes to him. Is there anyone in the room tonight, is there anyone in the room tonight that you are not secure in your yes to Jesus? Meaning that you came in and you don't know where you are with Jesus. Or maybe you know you're not right with Jesus, but you want to be. You want to say yes to him so that you can enter in the promise. Is that anyone in the room? You're not securing your yes, but you're like, you know what? I want to start there right now, tonight. I want to say yes to Jesus with my whole heart. If that's anyone, just put your hand up. And we just want to pray with you. Come on. He paid a big price for all of us to step into the promises that he paid for. Someone over there. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I see you back by the back there. Yeah, Tim's coming back to, to meet you and to say hi to you and pray with you. If there's anyone else, just come straight away to one of these team members, and they would love just to pray with you, just to secure your yes with Jesus. Listen, he's got no evil for you. When we pass on, we want to know that we're not, that we're not seated with evil for eternity we want to be seated in his presence and his goodness and his glory can I get an amen to that so here's what we're going to do if there's some people in the room that you're like that part of like I need the redeemer of time I just just bring it down just a tad just a tad I need that redeemer of time I just I know as you're talking I went I went left when he was going right, or I realize now that I, I was said yes to the promise and I was just waiting, but I didn't say yes to the journey. You need to say yes to the redeemer of time. You just re need to receive that grace. I just want you to come up. You need to step out. You need to do the about face. I just want you to come out and just come to the front right now. The team is just going to sing over us. And the presence of God is just going to come and rest on you. Don't worry about the prayer servants up here yet. Just come. Just come. And just between you and God. Don't worry about coming to a prayer. This is just to come and just to worship, just to be in his presence. And just to tell him, God, I'm sorry that I was going left when you were going right. 
or I'm sorry that when you gave that promise five years ago, ten years ago, I didn't realize that what you were doing was inviting me into a journey. Just come and meet with the Redeemer of time right now. In Jesus' name. Just keep coming. Just keep coming if that's you. The team's going to sing over you. Now, if you come up for that, I just want you just to worship Jesus and let the Redeemer of time come over you. And once you've done that, and for everyone else who wants to, we have a bunch of anointed leaders and prayer servants up here. I feel like the promise of heaven is just weighty and resident in the room right now. If you just know that you need an encouragement in your life right now, the prayer team is up here to pray for you, just to partner with heaven or release the word of heaven into your life. And if also if you need prayer for anything else, miracles in your body, restoration relationship, they're up here for that too. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Can we just end by corporately just lifting up a yes to Jesus? Can we just tell him yes in here? We say yes, God. We say yes. We say yes to all you are and all you're doing in this season of refreshing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, the team's going to play, play over us. Let God just minister to you. And if you want prayer from one of these prayer servants, come up. Just approach them, and they will pray over you tonight. God bless you. Have a great week. Be filled up with the promises of heaven as you journey with God this week in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.